There we go. All right. Well, good evening, everybody. Uh, and let's give a hand to our worship team in that awesome, awesome set of worship there to kick us off. But uh, if I haven't had the privilege or the pleasure to meet you yet, my name is Alex Hanvey, and I get to be part of the pastoral leadership team here at the Vine Church. And so we're excited to join this evening for our Eve Eve service and really honored to have you here and that you've taken this time out to spend with us. So I'm excited in the back of the auditorium here, if you want to call it that, in the back of the room where the kids are decorating cookies and having a blast and got to meet Santa Claus tonight. Um, I know that's really exciting for them, but I'm excited for what we're here for uh, and what, you know, is coming up in two days as we get to celebrate Christmas. And that's what I want us to talk about tonight. If you've been with us the last few weeks or you've watched online you know that we're currently going through a series called The Name. And each week we've dove into a name of Jesus because Jesus goes by many names, not just Jesus. And so each week we've taken the name and we've looked at it, we've unpacked it, and we've studied it. And that's what I'm excited to do tonight. And you can probably guess what name that is, but just in case you haven't already figured it out, tonight the name that we're going to unpack of Jesus is Emmanuel. And each week we've talked about these and we've walked through this series. Each time we learn a new name of Jesus, it just reveals to us more about the truth and the love and the grace and the majesty of who he truly is. And so as we get ready to celebrate Christmas in a few days, I just want us to really like take this time and take this moment as we unpack God's word tonight and as we look at the name Emmanuel, what that means and what that means for us and what that means for the entire world. And so as we get ready to do that, um, we're going to be in a lot of scripture tonight, just jumping around as we walk through it. So if you have a Bible you know, with you or you have your, the Bible app on your phone, you can follow along. But I think the verses should be up on the screen tonight as well. And if you're joining us online, thank you so much for being with us. And you should also have the, uh, the verses in the scripture on the screen for you as well. But I want to ask you a question as I get ready to dive in. And it's, have you ever stopped to think for a minute that God actually wants to be with you and that God wants you to be with him? Like, have you ever really stopped to think on that? Do you ever struggle with that? Because if you're like me, sometimes I have a hard time even liking myself. So believing that God would like me or want to be around me is sometimes difficult for me to grasp and to believe but if you have read scripture, then you know all the way throughout scripture and throughout God's word, he is revealing to us that he wants to be with us, that that is true and that is something that he desires and that we ultimately desire as well because of him being our creator. But if you look all the way back in Genesis in the garden with Adam and Eve, they had everything and they had what we're talking about tonight, which is a relationship with God, a right standing and a good standing relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so as they were in the garden and they were literally and legitimately in the presence of God, they had everything. But then something changed, right? Then we know as the story continues 
sin entered into the garden. And then sin entered into that relationship that Adam and Eve had with God by separating it. Because as the enemy came into the garden, he brought lies, he brought death, and he brought destruction. He brought lies that tore Adam and Eve away from their heavenly father, from that perfect relationship that they had with God in Eden. And so that relationship was broken. And from that moment forward, Adam and Eve were separated from God. And because of that sin and inheritance that we receive through our just natural nature, we also are born into sin and therefore separated from God as well. And so there's nothing that you and I can physically do ever in our entire life that will put us back in a right standing relationship with God on our own. But yet, the great news that we're going to share tonight and that we get to celebrate on Christmas is that God proved all the way from that moment in the garden all the way through the end of this great book here, which is beyond our time as we know it in Revelation, God has proven that he would make a way. And so in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, this is um, right after Adam and Eve had sinned and they were now being separated from God. In verse 15 it says, and this is God talking to the enemy, to the serpent, to the devil. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. What's so great is that what we're talking about tonight being Emmanuel, if you don't already know, is that actually means and translates to God with us. And so we're getting ready to celebrate that coming up in a couple of days. And that's what we're going to dive in tonight. But at the very beginning of the separation that Adam and Eve had that separated all mankind from God, our Heavenly Father, God had already had a plan in place. And God was doing what we could not. And then if you look in John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus, when he was with his disciples, he actually says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, the crazy thing is, is when God is talking about this all the way in Genesis, at the very beginning of time as we know and understand, he was pointing to Jesus. When he said he will crush your head. He was talking about Jesus crushing the head of the serpent, of the devil, of the enemy, the one who ultimately caused us to be separated from God. You see, he had a plan from the very beginning. And then all throughout Scripture, you can find prophecies in the Old Testament that point to the moment and the time that we're going to be looking at tonight, which is the coming of the Messiah, the birth of Jesus. And as a matter of fact, around 700 B.C., the prophet Isaiah made a prophecy that actually pointed to this moment in time. And this is where we get the reference and the, the, the scripture that we're looking at and focusing on tonight comes from Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. And what it says is, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, 
Now, again, remember, this happens in 700 B.C., somewhere around that time. So 700 years before Jesus ever comes to earth, before anyone ever actually gets to experience or witness Jesus and his life here on this earth, Isaiah makes this promise and this prophecy to the people of Israel. And again, it happens multiple times throughout the Old Testament and in various places throughout Scripture where people are pointing to this moment in time. And God wants us to see that and he wants us to understand that he had this planned out from the beginning. That nothing the enemy has done would deter his plan and his purpose And his purpose would be in Christ Jesus. You see, and what's so great is in this prophecy, it talks about a virgin giving birth. Now, for most of us, we understand that that doesn't really happen without some type of intervention, some type of miracle. And that's what we're going to see and we're going to talk about tonight. Because the virgin birth doesn't happen without God's intervention, without God stepping in and making this happen. So if we fast forward 700 years, just before and at the time of Jesus' birth, if you turn to Luke chapter 1, you'll actually get to see, and we're going to look at just briefly, the interaction that a woman named Mary has with an angel when she finds out for the very first time that God had a plan that she never expected. So if you look in Luke chapter 1, starting at verse 26, it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Now Elizabeth is a relative of Mary. And then in verse 27, it says, to a virgin, remember, Isaiah prophesied that it would be a virgin, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. And remember this phrase, do not be afraid, because you're going to hear it multiple times throughout this evening. But he said, Do not be afraid. Mary, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You will conceive and give birth to a son, just as Isaiah was pointing out 700 years before. And then the angel says, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary? Asked the angel, since I am a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. You see, God's intervention. This didn't just happen because of some other miracle or by happy chance or that her and Joseph, who she was pledged to be married to, had this baby naturally, but rather God intervened and stepped in. And so it says, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And that's why it's so important that we understand that Jesus wasn't just a baby who was born of natural birth from a man and a woman, but rather that he is the son of God. But yet he is born of a virgin, Mary, 
because he is also fully God and fully man. And so as we keep reading, it says, Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Remember that? God made this promise to the devil that he, talking about Jesus, would crush his head one day. No word from God will ever fail. And so then it goes on and he says, I am the Lord's servant, or Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. You see, God is starting to put the pieces of the puzzle and his plan into action. You see, but none of this happens without God stepping in and doing something. So now we'll jump to Matthew chapter 1. And here we're actually going to see another important individual in this story and in this plan that God has. So starting at verse 20, this is Joseph's interaction with an angel. After he finds out that Mary is actually pregnant, he truly planned to divorce her in quiet and in private because he like most everybody else, would assume, okay, my, this, the, the fiancé that I am engaged to is pregnant. Something's not right, right? But God had a greater plan. And so in verse 20, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, again, do not be afraid, to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. That's the good news that we get to celebrate. That's what we get to worship and celebrate this coming Saturday. And then it goes on in verse 22. All this took place to fulfill, again, remember what Isaiah said, what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. But he did make their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Now, what's so important about that is that Joseph, just like many of us would have reacted, thought that Mary had cheated on him and that something wasn't right. But the angel of the Lord comes to him and says, hey, don't worry. I know this is hard to believe. I know this is kind of weird. This is different. This is not what you expected. But God has a greater plan. God is doing something here, not just for you, not just for the people of Israel, but we're going to see it's for the entire world. And so as Joseph is talking with the angel and the angel is trying to explain to him, no, don't worry about taking Mary as your wife. It's going to be okay. This is going to work out for a greater plan and a purpose. And then if we jump back, we're going to jump over to Luke chapter 2 again. Because something else happens at the time now of Jesus' birth. Because in Luke chapter 2, if you look at verse 8. Luke chapter 2, let me flip over here. Get to the right page. Verse, this is after Jesus has actually been born and it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now, these are shepherds, and what I want you to understand is that shepherds were not looked upon very, uh, as very highly or likable in this time, but rather they were looked down upon and lowly during this time. 
And so they're out in the field watching the flocks that they're in charge of. And when they're doing this, it would not have been expected when the Messiah came that he would have come to the shepherds, the lowest of the low, kind of the, the lower rung of the people of Israel. But the, the angel comes to them, and in verse 9 it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, again, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for, don't miss this, all the people. Not just for Israel, not just for the Jewish people, but for all the people. And it says, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom he will rest. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And then if you go down to verse 17, it says, When they had seen him, talking about Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. You see, God was putting people in place and getting things in motion because he comes to Mary and he lets her know, Hey, I've got this great plan for you. I'm going to use you and do something greater than you could have ever imagined. And you are going to give birth to the Son of God. And then he comes to Joseph. And Joseph, who is ready to divorce and, and separate himself from Mary, the angel says, Hey, don't do it. God's got a greater plan. Trust me, this is going to work out well. And you will be glad that you stuck around. And then the angel comes to the shepherds. And he comes to the shepherds because God knows that once they meet Jesus, they're going to go out and they're going to tell people about it. You see, and because it's the shepherds and not the, the kings and queens or princes and princesses in charge and in power at the top, this is a greater impact because Jesus comes to the lowest in the community and those who are looked down upon. And by doing this, now that they've seen Jesus, they go out and they tell everybody about him. They tell everyone about the angel coming to them and about the Messiah who has been born, who brings good news to all people. And we also know in Matthew about the wise men, the magi, who also find Jesus a couple years later. And we know about Simeon who meets Jesus when Mary and Joseph bring him to the temple. And so all these people are starting to find out and all these things are being put in motion because God is setting up something. Because what we learn and what we understand on Christmas is it's, it's not about the presence and the gifts that we get to share with each other, but it's the presence of God that had come to earth nearly 2,000 years ago. And not only that came 2,000 years ago, but was foretold 700 and even longer before that, that it would happen. And God's word never fails. Because you see, the coming of Jesus was the turning point for all of mankind. Because when, the, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and they sinned, it separated each and every one of us from God. But the moment that Jesus stepped down from heaven to earth, God was making a way. A way for us to come back to him. A way for us to be in a right standing and good relationship with him. You see, the devil 
when he came into the garden, he brought life, death, and destruction. But when Jesus came to earth, he brought truth, life, and restoration. You see, he was fixing everything that we had broken because we could not. And one of the things that as we talk about Emmanuel and as we look and we get to celebrate this, in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2, there's a verse that says, The people walking in darkness have seen light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You see, and what's so great is if you think about it, if you've been in church or you've read your Bible much, there's actually some scripture that points to someone else that came and was the light of the world and stepped into the darkness. If you go to John chapter 1, verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word. And now what I want you to understand is the Word that we're talking about here was Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and don't miss this, and the darkness has not overcome it. And that truth and that promise still stands today. Nothing that God speaks ever fails. God's word never fails. You see, we couldn't do anything to get to God, but God made a way to bring us back to him. And his name is Jesus, Emmanuel God with us. And so as just like when you celebrate a new day or if you've ever watched a sunrise, as the sun starts to come up and the darkness starts to fall away, that's what happened when Jesus came to earth. The darkness that our world was in started to fade away when Jesus came to earth. You see, and it's through Christ Jesus that any of us in this life and in this world actually have life beyond the physical presence in this moment in time that we have. You see, it's our, heaven, our heavenly Father who gave of his self through his son, Jesus Christ, that we get to celebrate eternity as we put our faith in who Jesus is and what he has done. Because the great news is that we couldn't do it, but God made a way and he did it for us through Christ Jesus in John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, it says this, and this is Jesus again talking. John chapter 14, verses 15 and 16. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. You see, and who Jesus is talking about is the Holy Spirit, because God with us, Emmanuel, was not just something that happened 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to earth, but it's something that's still happening today. It's something that we still get to experience now because when Jesus left, he sent an advocate, a helper, the Holy Spirit. And so now we, even though it's 2,000 years after Jesus was born, we still get to experience God with us. For those who put their faith in Christ Jesus, for those who have trusted and believed in who he is and the life that he lived. Because the beauty of Emmanuel is that it shows God's love for us. God's desire for us to know him and to be in a right standing relationship with him, not just for a moment in time, but for eternity. And it's all revealed in and through Emmanuel. You see, he doesn't want death for us. 
He doesn't want us living in constant and eternal darkness, but rather he wants light and life for us. You see, but that doesn't happen. That doesn't without Emmanuel, God coming to earth in the form of Christ Jesus, in the person of Jesus. You see, but it doesn't stop there because it's not like Jesus just came and then one day he disappeared. Jesus lived the perfect life that you can't. Jesus lived the perfect life that I cannot. Jesus died the death that you and I both deserve for the punishment of our sins. You see, Jesus did all of this, and then on the third day after his death and crucifixion, he rose in victory. And the great news that we get to share today, because of Emmanuel, because God came to earth through Christ Jesus and lived the perfect life, died the death that we deserved, and rose in victory, is that we get to celebrate an eternity with him. For those who will trust and believe that Jesus is who he says he is, that Emmanuel is not some fairy tale or some story, but it is actually something that happened. It's actually something that God had planned out for thousands and thousands and thousands of years before Jesus was ever even born. We can trust and believe that we don't have to face death and we don't have to live in darkness, but rather we can have life and light through Jesus Christ himself. And then if we look really quick and uh, flip back to John chapter 1, I just want to read this one verse here, John chapter 1, verse 14. And it says, The Word became flesh, and that is Jesus, made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, he came not just so that people could worship him or celebrate him, but he came to serve. He came to give his life. For us, so that we didn't have to face eternal separation from God any longer, but rather that He would make a way because He is, as He told in John, and He was talking to His disciples, He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. That's what we get to celebrate when we talk about Emmanuel. When we get to to wake up on Saturday morning and we get to spend time with our friends and our families and loved ones. You see, it's not just about those moments right there in the presence, but again, the presence of God coming to earth to do what we could not, and that is to make a way to restore the relationship with God, our Father. Now, I hope that each and every one of you here and those watching online, I hope and I pray that you already have that relationship with Jesus, that you've already put your faith in him. But I'm not going to miss opportunity or let this chance go by tonight without giving you that tonight, without allowing you to be able to open your heart to receive this free gift of salvation and to put your faith and your hope in who Jesus is, to know that he is the son of God, that he came 2,000 years ago, lived the perfect life, died the death that we deserve, and rose in victory. I want you to be able to share in that and to celebrate that. So that Christmas morning isn't just one day a year for you, but it's something you can celebrate each and every day of your life for the rest of your life until you step into eternity. And then you get to celebrate that in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus himself. And so if everybody would, heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to pray for us for a moment.
And I want to open the opportunity and give the opportunity for anyone listening, whether you're here in person or if you're watching online, I just want you to have that chance to be able to allow God to speak to you. Because maybe as we've been worshiping tonight and as I've been sharing this evening, maybe God has been revealing something to you. Maybe he's been stirring in your heart and moving. And maybe he's drawing you to himself because he wants you to have that relationship with him. Because he wants you to know and to believe in the hope that is Christ Jesus so if that's you and you've been feeling that this evening, you feel like your heart's about to beat out of your chest, you don't understand it, you have questions, I just want you to know that God is calling you. And we want to help you and we want to be here to walk with you through that. But if that's you and you know for a fact that you are ready to surrender your life to Jesus, to put your hope and faith in him, the only one who can bring you back to God the Father. I want you to be able to do that this evening. I want you to do that right now. And I want you to do that by praying with me. And I want you to repeat after me this prayer. But I want you to understand it's not the words of this prayer. They're not magic. They're not special. They're not better than anything else. But it's the faith that you have in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he lived the perfect life, he died your death on the cross, and he rose in victory. And because of that, you get to celebrate with him in that victory. And so if that's you and you want to put your faith in Jesus for the first time this evening, just pray this prayer with me. And you can pray it out loud or you can pray it to yourself in your heart because it's between you and God. And it's your faith and it's your hope that you're putting in Christ Jesus. So if that's you, I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus... I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I repent of my sins. I turn from my way to you. Help me, Lord, to follow you every day of my life. I believe you lived the perfect life. I believe you died my death on the cross. And I believe you rose in victory over sin and death. Help me to follow you the rest of my life best way that I know how. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're in the house, you're watching online, and you prayed that prayer for the first time, we want you to respond. And we don't want to do it so that we can call you out or point you out, but we want to do it because we want you to celebrate, and we want to celebrate with you what God is doing in your life. And we want to encourage you, and we want to walk with you through this and answer any questions you might have. So if you're in the house or you're watching online, I'm going to count to three and I just want you to lift your hand up or click the like button or leave us a comment or send us an email at info or hello at thevine.tv. Just leave us an email so that we can respond and we can help you and encourage you and celebrate with you. So if that's you, I just want you to respond if you're in the house or online. One, two, three. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you for every person here this evening, every person who is in the house and those who are watching us online, whether in the moment or later in the week or a month from now, God. We believe that you are doing something in our lives. We thank you that you have allowed us to come here and gather in your presence this evening, to sing worship songs, to celebrate who you are, and to celebrate Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for the the love that you have poured out on each and every one of us. Lord, we ask for you to reveal yourselves to us. 
Lord, as we get really ready to celebrate Christmas on Saturday, let us not forget the true meaning and the true reason for this season, for the day that we celebrate. It's because of Christ Jesus who came 2,000 years ago, Emmanuel, God with us. We get to celebrate that we have more than what we have on this earth, that we have an eternity to celebrate and to spend with you. We thank you for that. We praise you. Lord, as we get ready to lift our voices, draw us near to you. Encourage us and help us to glorify you in everything that we do. If you would, and stand with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thank you all so much for coming and spending this evening with us. We appreciate you being here, and we hope and pray that you actually join us again when we uh, start back in-person services, as, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, on January the 9th, um, as we will be celebrating and having our winter Sabbath the next two Sundays. So you can join us online. We'd love to connect with you there. Send us an email. Connect with us on our, um, on our Vine Church or on Facebook, we'd love to communicate with you throughout the week and throughout the services as we watch on Sunday together. But we thank you so much for being here. We hope and pray that you have a wonderful evening, a safe trip back home, and even better, uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas with your families and friends. May the Lord bless you and keep you as you leave here. And come and join us again on January the 9th in person here at the Spartanburg YMCA at 10.05 as we meet again in person. But we thank you, and have a great and wonderful Christmas holiday. God bless.